Thanks again for joining us wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this. It's the Metalist Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Jason. So today we're going to start something we've been discussing for a little while. And today we're going to be doing what we call genre essentials or metal essentials or whatever, right? Where we're going to take an album. We're going to listen along with you. We're going to say, this is when we're starting three, two, one. So you could maybe on a separate thing if you so desire or on your laptop or whatever, listen along with us as we, we listen to the album and we give our comments and list off random facts or whatever. And so today on a whim, we decided to go with what's probably not even probably definitively the biggest and most commercially successful, notable metal album of all time. We're going with the black album by Metallica from 1991. Wow, that 30 years ago. Hot damn. <laughs> Realizations are fine. We'll get to more of that in a sec. So, folks, if you want to listen along with us, queue up whatever you have, your CD, your vinyl, your tape for all you young tape people that I still yeah. don't understand. Um, streaming or MP3, whatever your preferred format. Wax cylinder, perhaps. Mini disc for all those enthusiasts. What? <laughs> Whack? Did you say wax cylinder? Yep. What is that? It's is like that one of the thing. Yes, it's one of the earliest. Um, it's one of the earliest forms of recording. What's his face? Not Jared Dines, the other guy that I can't remember his name right now. Anyways, uh, Rob Scallion. Okay, Rob Scallion and his people did a thing where they got a piece of recording equipment that you would do on a wax cylinder from the Smithsonian itself, and they recorded a modern metal song quote unquote with modern studio techniques and stuff and recorded it onto a, pe- a wax cylinder uh it's an interesting video the song's meh it's it's whatever for what it is but you know it's it's an experiment more than a th- anything else it, but it, so they wow listen back to it and it's one of those things where they had like a big ass like the the sound has to be projected through a big cone or whatever so you can listen to it it was a fun video for what it was, but yeah, we're not talking about wax cylinders much longer. We're talking about <laughs> Metallica. It's it, is it weird to you to call it Metallica? It's the Black Album to me, right? You know what I mean? Unofficially, yeah. I, I yeah, I I don't know. I, I I think every time I've seen it called Metallica, I just think it's weird. Yeah, exactly. We'll get into that a little more in a sec. Let's go ahead and get it started. So, folks, join us with this countdown. We're going to count down from three, two, one. And here we go. So you have the infamous riff, the one that everybody knows from the beginning. Yeah. I I like the idea that like the most casual quote unquote metal fan 
might just mean that you've heard you hear this song at like hockey games or something like that, you know, or at like NASCAR events. Oh or, man, yeah, you know all what kinds I mean? of sporting events. Like, yeah, I can't think of a whole lot of people that listen to just even rock music or higher. I I can't think of anybody that hasn't heard of this song. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard for me. That's like what level, what level this hit is. It's hard for me to imagine someone never having heard this song, even if they don't know what it is. If you played it for most people, I feel like they would know what this was. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it's a catchy ass riff. Obviously it works. Oh, dude, that fucking little backbeat. Like, it's so good, man. Like, I mean, it's different than the thrash, you know, the old, you know, thrashier style, but it's, it's kind of, I mean, I don't, I I don't think they were the first ones to do it. Right. Were they the first ones to really go for the whole groove metal thing? Cause I like that meme. It's like all the thrash bands, once, once all those dudes hit 40 or, you know, high thirties or whatever, they all switched to like groove metal. Possibly. I, uh, cause there's the whole thing that, pantera doing vulgar display of power was a response to black album being seen as somewhat of a commercial shift right Uh, and like and they all say now you know the surviving members that they they actually like black album for what it is but at the time it was a response to the perceived notion that they were selling out back when the term selling out was thrown around a lot more you know loosely i would say I always um, thought it was more of a hey, like Metallica left this lane open. Yeah, for sure, right? Let's well, who would have been in there? But like you know, up the ante a little bit. Yeah, I, I, they would have been the first one, I think, right? Because up to that point, Megadeth is still on Rust in Peace, Slayer still on Seasons in the Abyss, Anthrax's uh, Persistence of Time, right? So like, um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so then after that, Anthrax is the Sound of White Noise. Megadeth is uh, Countdown to Extinction. What's Slayer up to? Is like 91? Yeah, it, I, I mean, after that, after Seasons in the Abyss, it's Divine Intervention, right? But not yeah. for a while. So, yeah, okay, so there's a trajectory there. Yeah, and then same year, Sepultura does Arise, right? And then a couple years later, it's Chaos AD. So there's there's a little there's a little bit of something to that, I think. But I think it's just, you know... In some cases, it was a natural evolution. In others, it was trying to catch up or whatever, because thrash itself was kind of fine. You know, it had a bit of a lack of identity going at the time because it just wasn't as fashionable, right? But well, you know. I also wonder if it was just wasn't as fashionable because a lot of the bands that were doing it stopped doing it. Yeah, no, that's true, too. I'm sure there was a lot of here's and there's to it. And I mean, the 90s, things were changing, right? So right. It, it is what it was. So, dude, these toms, man, just yeah, on the little fucking now I lay me down to sleep part. Like, it's, I mean, you know, people, you know, the oh, Lars, this and Lars, that, but man, like, I mean, it just makes the fucking part, you know, like, yeah, I would say this, you know, style of drumming suited him a lot more, right? Very right, four well, on the floor, he was a very, what do you call it? He was a very, um, he was a very, syncopating you know drummer like he throughout his career even prior to this he was very um 
he he syncopated the with the riffs like quite a bit like obviously not everything but so when it's it's just got the fucking i mean it's like he's playing that you know, down a down and down, down a down and like with the clean stuff and it, boom, 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 boom. Like it's like he's more playing along with that. It's like he's playing that riff on the drums. Yeah. You know, like I said, I mean, he did it quite often. It's very, it's a very unit based album. It's all everybody's on the same page, had the same direction. Whereas, you know, before, there might have been some more emphasis on some parts than others, depending on who's playing what or whatever. Right. So that's the biggest metal song in the world, flat out, right there. Enter Sandman. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, dude. Was that the first song you would have heard from the album? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because they released that about two weeks before the album came out. Maybe even, maybe even further than that. Um, it was it was on MTV as a music video before the album came out, and it's just studio. No, 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 no. no. Okay, no, everything else is studio footage. This is the one where it's yeah. the the kid running away and the weird old man. And oh no, okay. Yeah. There's one other video that actually has something to it, but we're gonna get to that in a while. Let's see. So yeah, now we're on to song two or track two, however you want to say. Fucking it. hard, dude. Yeah. Sad but true. I mean, that's a fucking heavy riff, dude. Yeah. You know, it's not thrashy or anything like that. It's not fat, but it's fucking heavy, dude. It's very, yeah. I mean, you know, I never thought of that and this album as being in the groove realm quite like those other bands we mentioned, but I mean, yeah, it's it's here. I haven't listened to this in forever. I don't know about you. I haven't heard this album in a really long time. Obviously, you know, if, you know, and I don't listen to the radio very often, like a pretty much, it's pretty rare for me to have the radio on, but I mean, obviously it's like, you're going to hear these songs around, especially if you are a radio listener or, if, you know, sometimes if you work at a place that they have the radio on quite a bit or rock radio anyway. Yeah. If you're a metal, if you're a radio metal kind of guy, this is the album. This is, oh, I mean, yeah. the one overall, but this is the one that most people are going to gravitate towards, right? 16 times platinum certified in the United States. And I think it was like 32 million worldwide or something like that. It might be more, but there's some crazy stats saying that since its release on August 12th, 1991, it sold at least 2000 copies every week, if not more, which is insane. Let's see. Yeah, right here. It became in December 19. Yeah, December 2019. It became the fourth release in American history to enter the fi or 550 week milestone on the Billboard 200. It also became the second lo longest charting traditional title in history and second to spend 550 weeks on the album charts. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. But yeah, man, I mean, that's that's the kind of force we're dealing with, right? The, as far as big albums like this, you're only talking about a few others to hit a similar milestone. The other closest one I can think of maybe is uh, Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. And if you're thinking about how successful and how big that whole wave of bands got in the early 2000s, none of them were touching that. You know, even the biggest ones, your Limp Biscuits, your Corns, your whatever, 
weren't doing that. And then another one I can think of, there's a Bon Jovi album that's way up there too, right? It's it's probably Slippery When Wet, maybe? Oh, it it would have to be, I think. I mean, unless they had some huge thing off of New Jersey, which was right after that, and they built off the success of Slippery When Wet. Yeah, and then, you know, ACDC, Back in Black. You know, it's very selective company when you get up into these numbers, that kind of reach. Wow! So let's talk about some bands that... Bit oh this song God, right here, dude. dude. It's so fucking good, dude. Speaking of 20 years ago, it's probably more now, but Kid Rock had that. What is it? Oh, um, dude, American Badass. Thank you. Dude. Yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Under, dude, Undertaker's big comeback to the WWE was as the American Badass riding out on a fucking Harley. Like, and it was this song that was playing. I mean, he, dude, I will never not like this song. It's a classic, man, you know for I mean? obvious reasons. This song is the shit. Like, it's so fucking cool, dude. Also, speaking of bands that took this and kind of ran with it in their own direction, there's also the Avenged Sevenfold song from 2000, I guess, 13? 14, okay. Called This Means War. That's like, it's the same song to where people have spliced them together and like they transition into one another perfectly. Really? Yeah. Yeah, if you've never heard that before just listen to the mashup i <laughs> we're gonna get to an avenged episode but yeah that um yeah just check it out on your own time <laughs> yeah not a big fan of those man that it's just that that the snare sound the the, the little backbeat things that lars is doing you know hitting that symbol it's like don't you know and hitting that fucking symbol right there like mm-hmm. it's little things like that that a lot of people don't really think about yeah for sure that goes into I mean, people say, oh, well, I mean, anybody could do that. Yeah, but okay. Playing wise, sure. Songwriting wise, that's what songwriting is. Mm -hmm. Symbol play is a big thing that he's known for that you get that makes him stick out a little more. Where are you hitting your snare? Where are you? Like, it's, it's, yeah, anybody could fucking jump up there and probably play this song. It's not incredibly hard. Yeah. But it's, you know, he's not just playing. I mean, he wrote the shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, Hatfield's fucking vocals on it, perfect. You know, and I mean, there's there's some cool lines in there too, man. Like as far as the lyrics go, I know it just fucking ended on my end, but yeah, same here. So now we're moving on to track three, holier than thou, dude. This one, I mean, um, opens up pretty quick. I mean, opens up faster. Like I think it's probably the first, (laughs) the first quote unquote fast song. Yeah, I was just thinking, man, just because of the pace (laughs) of this album as a whole. This one, you know, the faster ones stick out a lot more than the others, it seems like, right? Speaking of which, I'm also noticing that this is actually the shortest song on the album, and it's 348. Yeah. For for a successful album of this kind that's considered the most accessible or whatever, the song lengths are actually not short in a lot of spaces. So going back to this end, sad but true. That buildup, man, is like really fucking cool. Like in the intro. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much there is actually to the lyrics or if it's just like, hey, this sounded cool. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking about a lot of the lyrical depth on this and I'm just like, eh. I like that. Why don't you worry about yourself instead? Like, yeah. Oh, dude. Like, it's it's fucking great. Like the lyrics, I, I you know, 
Bob Rock, man. I mean, say what you want about the guy. Man, he's super good at what he does. Yeah, I mean, l- real quick, let's talk about Bob Rock. This is their first time working with him. That that would be followed up by Load Reload, uh, Garage Inc., and then Saint Anger. Which, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm forgetting something in there somewhere. But like, those are the big ones, right? I don't know if he had actually any involvement in S and M, but. For a good decade plus, man, this was their guy, and it's you know this was the this was an era. It was indicative of an era that they were working together. Previous history with the uh, other bands, the one that comes to mind the most is Doctor Feelgood by Molly Cruz. I mean, Lars specifically said they wanted to go to Bob Rock for this album because of Doctor Feelgood. And right, guess- that album had a really good sound to it. I think. I think another thing for for bob rock is as far as like you know structuring a song yeah for sure like that's um that's something that a lot of people don't think of when they think of producers you know it's like how much does the how much do you want the producer to be involved in the actual songwriting process not even well i mean technically that's part of songwriting right structure Mm -hmm. i do know from the from the the DV, you know, the the movie on this album or whatever that he did have a lot to do with the structure, but they needed him to. They wanted to go in a different direction. So that's what I was going to ask. Did you see? So you've seen that movie? Oh yeah, dude. Okay, so I haven't. And on Bees' channel, everybody goes follow Mosh Talk Bees on Twitch if you haven't already. Or no, I guess he's just Mosh Talks. There, he's going to do a viewing where everybody. It's going to be a drinking game, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that'll change, but either way, he's going to have a viewing of it on his channel real soon. So everybody pay attention and look out for that. Cause that'll be fun, especially cause that'll be my first time watching it. Uh, but I've always heard about it. It's a full length documentary movie, right? Um, yes, actually, are there two movies that I'm thinking of one where it's just the recording of the black album and then the others, the touring, or is it all the same one? I think it's all part. It's all the same. If I remember right, it's all the same, and it's just kind of like the first part of it is the two. I think the way it goes is the first part of it is the is the touring off and justice for all. Okay, and then the second part, um, we might have to look that up, dude. Like, because I, I don't really remember. All right, so that was holier than thou. Now we're on oh, to track man. four. <laughs> This is going by a lot faster than I thought it would. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah this first, episode's only going to be as long as the album. Yeah, for yeah, the most part. Yeah, so this is the very first Metallica song I ever heard when I was probably six. <laughs> I was at some weird family friends party in somewhere north of Santa Barbara. <laughs> the slightly older kids have MTV on in the background because that's just what you did thirty years ago. Yep. The video for this comes on and traumatizes me. I can't stop thinking about it for days on end. Uh, and that was my first introduction to Metallica 30 years ago. Insane. So I went and it's funny when I finally buy this album eight years later, I think maybe no seven. I'm like, oh, this is that one song. And it starts flashing back to me and whatnot. Right. Um, I fucking just do not like this song. This is probably the it's, only other one I would listen to aside from my two favorites. Uh, like it's uh that now 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 like I just don't I just can't get down with that melody line. Like it's 
it's nothing that Metallica. It's just this, you know, you just chalk it up as like, you know what, man? Like, I don't like the song, and that's fine. Yeah, this is the only other one I would listen to, I think, besides my other two favorites on here. It's funny, man. I used to love, I didn't grow up with the, oh, man, they sold out. Oh, man, this isn't the whatever. I just liked what I heard on the radio, right? Um, And I loved this album when it came out. And then years later, I'm just like, eh. But there's still two songs that I love on it. This well, being the third, that was maybe. a big thing. I mean, because I heard, I did grow up with a lot of that. You know, it was, well, not grew up with that. I mean, I was just in it, right? I mean, it was just, that's just what it was, was, you know, oh, they, you know, they fucking sold out. I mean, and I was fighting with people about it then. You know, I, I mean, I did, and I didn't, not, no, not so much for this album. For the most part, man, most people I knew, they, they really enjoyed this album a lot. Um, but I would say, like, you know, oh, I don't like this song. And everybody would be like, oh, you just, you know, it's because they're fucking playing metal shit. I'm like, no, because I, I I like Nothing Else Matters. I love, I, I like Fade to Black. This, this isn't the first ballady kind of song that they made. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, but it was definitely the album. I mean, it was definitely, um, you know, the albums after this. In particular, Load itself. You know, I mean, I think by the time Reload came out, everybody pretty much had a pretty good idea of what was going on. Yeah, which I love those albums. And again, that's a that's an age thing, probably. It's fun because like kids younger than me don't have that affinity for those albums because they didn't grow up with it, maybe. Well, um, so our 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 buddy Esty just posted something about that, and uh, basically saying like, you know, the the black, uh, you know, Reload and Load were you know our great albums. Fight me, kind of a deal. And, you know, I just said, like, you know, I like, I fucking hate it. And I'm not going to fucking ever like it. And that's fine. I don't hate the band for doing it. Um, it but it's, for me, it's not, I don't think it's an age thing. You know, I, I, I think it's a style thing. Some people don't like that style of music. It was them you know, doing and, Alice in Chains. Oh, this, you're going in solo? Somebody said this is their favorite solo right here. Like, I don't remember I who. Yeah, I don't remember who, but somebody said this is their favorite Metallica solo. Um, like, oh, it's it's a really good solo, dude. Like, I think it's one of Kirk's better solos. I don't know if it's my favorite. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's his best, but I mm. think it's one of his better solos. Like, it's, it's it's very good. But this is the kind of solo on the old albums. This is the solo that James would have been playing. Right. And this I, time uh, it's Kirk. Yeah. I, it's funny to think talking about the, there's like, there's this slot on every Metallica album, maybe up to this point, right? Four or track four on Ride the Lightning is Fade to Black. Track four on Master of Puppets is Sanitarium. Like there's almost like a formula to how yeah, each yeah, of yeah. their albums is sequenced. And this is, this would have been, if you're hearing this for the first time, this is that song, right? Yep, this is the one. Until you get a little deeper into the album. But I mean, you know, up to this point, definitely, right? Because then everyone has the, you know, before that has the the big opener, fight fire with fire, battery, uh, I guess, enter Sandman, the equivalent on here. And then in the second track is kind of the meteor track. You know, your Ride the Lightning itself, the Master of Puppets being the big one. 
I guess sort yeah, of yeah. kind of sad, but true. So it's interesting to see like there's parallels throughout their entire career. For uh, track four on reload, Unforgiven too. Um, to which I'm thinking to myself, I still don't think I've ever listened to Unforgiven three on Death Magnetic all the way through. Just there's an Unforgiven three. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I I did okay because like that's my cutoff is. Oh come on! Dude, after that's... reload, it's. <laughs> I hate Saint Anger. <laughs> what is that's it? Death Magnetic city, is. Dude. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, Death Magnetic is slightly better, but that doesn't mean it's like great to me or whatever. Uh, it's you know, I'd be curious to see if whatever they do next is better than uh, Hardwired because I actually liked Hardwired enough for what it was. That was a decent album, man. Yeah, they didn't do Unforgiven Four at the very least. Oof. Okay, so this is one of my favorite songs on this whole album, dude. I actually don't remember what's next. Let's see. I oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Song, dude. So now we're on to track five, wherever I may roam. This is oh, uh, is this the longest one? No, it's not. All right, interesting. Dude, the the little fucking gong thing with the sitar. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's this- just a cool fucking. Uh, like this is a melody line that really like it's so good, man. Yeah, yeah. So simple, so fucking good. I I don't know. I the, well, I don't know because there's two on the back half that are fucking like right there for me. But man, when it just pop 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 bow god dude it's one of those things this song in particular up, oh yeah uh, coming up soon yeah and then the drums are just walking it out like fuck wow i, I just realized it hasn't even been a minute into this song yet <laughs> i just get excited but you know it's it's one of those ones i mean it's just that build up to the bum, 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 like it's just so they, they've always had like awesome dynamics yeah but no, then like sure. all of a sudden it drops out and i mean you just hear jason rumbling in the background for possibly this is the first time we've ever been able to hear jason all that well and again it's not because they turned him down i keep trying to tell people that with and justice for all man there is a remastered version on spotify of and justice for all the bass is turned up it's well, just, you can't tell the difference between the bass and the guitar because of the guitar sound, not what the bass is doing. Right. Well, it's they also the had the sound is fucked. Yeah. They also had the 598 EP that you could hear his bass on. If you think about that one cover, I think it's, um, it's like crash course in brain surgery or whatever. Yeah. Something like that or ha- whatever you can hear him on the EP. So oh, it's amazing. Well, okay, that- yeah. So garage garage days re revisited. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can hear him on there too, but the, this is a lot. Thing- yeah, the big thing with Garage Days was that he's it's not so compressed. I mean, they recorded it literally yes. in a garage. So yeah, yeah. They compressed the shit out of Injustice for All. The bass is tuned up, turned up way too loud on the guitar. The guitar scooped a fuck. Everything scooped all to hell. Like there's just no mid-range in that fucking album at all. And it mm. to me, that's what makes that album sound like total shit. I can't stand the way the album sounds. That's one of the reasons why I think Master Puppets kicks its ass. That's I don't you what? I was gonna say that's that's um 
I, I come to understand that's when they start being the, hey, we don't want to sound like a refined, clean, polished studio band. We want to sound like it does in a garage or whatever, since the title, right? Um, but if you're being, you know, experiments aren't guaranteed to work out every time, right? That's why it's an experiment and not a sure thing. Uh, but the, the EP? The, well, just the idea of that, hey, we're going to try to sound like a garage band or whatever, like try to take it back to the raw roots or whatever, right? Between not just the EP, but um, the Justice for All, right? Like the well, idea no, like, is so, cool. the, so Garage Days We Revisit is basically like, so the whole idea behind that is like Garage Days Revisited is actually and Justice, or sorry, Am I Evil and um, Buck. What's the other cover on Kill 'em All? Uh, Bush Street. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So those two were two cover songs, and that was actually from a little single that they put out called "Garage Days Revisited." Mm-hmm. Dude, this harmony part. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it's so good. But that was that's what it was. So then, when they did the EP, when they got Jason, they wanted to introduce Jason with the fucking you know, just a five song cover album. And they called it garage days re revisited where they actually did go in and re outfit. Uh, I don't know whose garage it was, but they really did record it in a garage. And then justice for all comes out. And it's like the most, I think a, a lot of the reasons why a lot of people love that album, at least the sound of it is because at the time it's probably the most, I mean, that and painkiller were probably the two most modern sounding albums ever at the time. Hmm thinking about that in my head right now but i mean honestly like you put you know you take your emotions out of it and listen to and justice for all and imagine your favorite fucking metal band playing like you're having that sound it's ridiculous there's like i think it lacks heaviness because i mean well you know what we'll get to it when we hit, hit a yeah. fucking thrash essentials for and justice for all but i think that's why this album the guitar sounds totally different I think oh, yeah. it's heavier because it's got that more crunch because it has more mid range and they opened up a little bit of space so you could hear Jason playing. Mm-hmm. It's a, you it's know, almost a response to that. Well, he's still playing with a pick. He's still mm-hmm. doing what he did and they released the stuff, man. And I know that yeah, you can hear him right those, there. Sorry. I just heard yeah. that. I was like, yeah, right oh, yeah. there. <laughs> I know that everybody has those YouTube videos of like, Oh, this is what it would sound like with Jason. But a lot of mm-hmm. those YouTube videos aren't his tracks. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, it's someone playing his tracks. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you have a totally different bass sound, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's like, you know, his bass sound coupled with, with that garbage guitar sound where the guitar sounds awesome with headphones on, you know, it sounds awesome. It's just, it has, it has to have that mix in order for it to work. Yeah. You know, cause huh. everything else, everything's just buried in that mix because there's no room for anything to operate because the guitars are EQ'd and recorded the way that they were. So, you know, I, I'm not saying it's a bad album. I'm just saying like, that's why it's not my, fi- you know, not one of my favorite albums, mm-hmm. but man, wherever I am in Rome, I mean, I know it's ending right now, but dude, that's, I haven't heard that. That's one I haven't heard in a long time. And it's nah, easily, nah, not easily, but it's my favorite on the album. It always has been. I just, that song fucking bangs, dude. That might be my fourth, maybe. <laughs> you know, and then you 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 bring it, you follow it up with like pro- probably my least favorite on the album. Hmm. I used to I love think, this. It's song either this right or here. it's either this or struggle within. 
Ah, see, okay, we're no, gonna get to okay. that. Well, so okay, I have actually my least favorites coming up pretty soon. I, I actually thought be, it was I think next. It might be a, the solo on this one might be one of my favorites, but uh, we got to listen to it. But just a dun, 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 dun. did it? Uh, dun, dun, did it start on your end? Yeah, I'm getting nothing. What's going on here? Are you behind? Apparently, pause. <laughs> if you don't mind, I don't know what just happened. I'll restart it. This might okay. As soon as I try <sighs> Spotify. All right, sorry. Yeah, okay, it started finally. Okay. This might be what I was talking about, but okay, whatever. So yeah, we move on. Track number six, Don't Tread on Me. Yeah, I used to love this one as a kid. I mean, it's fine. It's it's just like I don't know. It's it, I, it's sequence kind of interesting to me, right? It makes sense on the album in hindsight. It's just now, it's just like so I, this I, was the last song on side one. Yeah. And I was kind of bummed because previous albums, you know, it's I don't know. I just didn't think this held up, which is weird because it's got one of those slur riffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and it's I, almost I love got that. That, that Freight Ends of Sanity feel. I don't know why I'm not a big fan of it. I think it's Struggle Within is the one that I may not like as much. Mm. But of the two, they're my two least favorite on, on the album. Mm. I, I remember because Rock 105 used to use this as a bumper for something. So when I finally oh, heard it really? on its own, I was like, oh, this is, you know, I'm talking 20 plus years ago. Easy. That, that, that See, and I the like case. the wow, now, now. Like, I think it's the fact that it's like um, the way that it climbs. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like the initial fucking. Um, no, see, it climbs in the chorus and I don't mind that. You know, it's gonna and it climbs. I don't mind that, but I don't like it when it climbs in the verse. I could see that. I was just sitting here going, man, what what is the chorus? Is it the don't tread on me or is that the pre-chorus? And then the because they don't do that every time, actually, that second part with the so be it and whatnot. See on the verse how it's like um I'll wait for another one to hit real quick. I don't like how it climbs up like that. I I feel like they should have left it the same and then had him have his vocals climb up. I could see that. Probably what it's probably why it works for most. I guess most people. (laughs) Yeah. Probably what a what a regular band would do. I just I just thought it was kind of weird. But I mean, trust in Bob Rock. I mean, they're doing yeah, just for sure, fine for off sure. this fucking shit. But I, I was giggling because I was like, oh, I forgot I like that little uh, ooh, no, no, no thing there for a sec. Oh, yeah. I also just realized I did a really crappy version of some of that because I'm listening to it at the same time. <laughs> it's all good. So, yeah, man, just thinking about that. And, you know, they always point out, too, that this was a weird turnaround from injustice for all being very critical of everything. Right. And then all of a sudden this one's don't tread on me. <laughs> so, Oh yeah, this, this isn't the solo. I like, so the solo I like is on struggle within, but I don't like that song, but it, I think it's got a better soul. This, this is just a, you know, wabukaki on that solo, man. Like it's a little much. There's a hashtag. It's actually kind of <laughs> risky. So maybe not, but <laughs> yeah, hypothetical hashtag let's go with right I, i'm also thinking back so dude the original copy that i got in 1998 
it's scratched to shit. So I'm thinking back right around here is where I know the skips would be happening. <laughs> You're listening for them. Yeah. It's just because I listened to it so much and I was so used to listening to it that way. So it's weird right. without the skips now for all you kids. When CDs used to get scratched or whatever, they yeah. Everybody that thinks it's you know, oh, it's so much better to you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't trip on me. That's like the closest one to Pantera too, right? If you think about like that and Walk are kind of similar for all the the differences they talked about back and forth. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a Walk feel to it, kind of. Yeah. So this is actually my least favorite song right here. Really? You know what it is? It's purely got to be the sync or sequencing. Something about the fact that it's after "Don't Tread on Me," and then whatever comes next. It's actually oh, it's actually. See, and I'm used to hearing it on tape, so this was a cool way to start side two. Okay, so that that makes a difference, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, because if you take this song by itself, I actually like it on its own. It's just where it is in the album. It's the most thrashy song on the album, I think. And I, I think that's why I like it so much. Possibly. I actually... I was going to say, I actually might like um, Struggle Within because that's the thrashy one to me. It's so cool. But again, it might just be because I never gave this a fair shake because something about it seemed weird sequence-wise to me. But this is the one they named their movie after for all yeah. that did. Um, I've only seen him twice. I don't think I've ever seen him play this live, but that doesn't mean a whole lot because I only saw him twice and they always mix up their set lists. They did the, the anniversary. No, it wasn't even an anniversary thing. They just on a whim said they were going to play this front to back the whole album. Before lockdown happened last year, I think they said they were going to play it again in full two at one of the women. Oh, really? It was like Friday of whatever fest it was was going to be one album, I think. And then Sunday, there was going to be another band in in between on Saturday, but it was going to be Friday Metallica, whoever Saturday, and then Metallica again Sunday. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, one of the days was going to be them playing Black Album front to back. Huh. Yep. But they've done, nice. they've did that before. They did, they did a surprise set one time as a, what is it? What's that thing? Orion Fest back when they tried to have their own. Ozfest type thing that didn't pan what? out. They had um wow. Yeah, I mean we can get into a story about that another time, but they did a surprise thing cuz it was them promoting through the Never the Movie where they did uh they they were a, a band called Dahan because the guy in the movie was Dane Dahan who used to see a lot in a lot of stuff around that time. Chronicle, uh Amazing Spider-Man 2. You don't see him a lot now these days. I wonder why. Anyways, he was the guy in the in the Through the Never movie. So the band was called Dehan, named after him. And then it was like on one of the side stages. And it turned out it was Metallica. And I think, I think it was them playing Kill 'em All front to back. But yeah, man, they used to do stuff like that a lot. Uh first half of this decade or past decade was an interesting one for them yeah, in a lot of weird solo ways. Is like- I mean, it's, it's, I almost feel like he ends like a couple times, but I don't know. It's, it's like, oh, is the so, oh, wait, no, he's still going. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, wait, he's still going. Yeah, yeah. I was just so going, bad. oh, yeah. Dude, this riff right here. This part, yeah, yeah. Like, it's classic fucking Metallica thrash breakdown. Like, fuck, dude. It's so fucking cool, man. Huh. And then I was, oh, through. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the way it goes oh, back and forth in the headphones. 
Yeah, dude. So I was just seeing it actually credits James Hetfield for the solo on Nothing Else Matters and the sitar on Wherever I May Roam. Yeah. I, I didn't. It's just, it's been in front of my face the whole time and I'm just now seeing it. I don't know who I would have thought would have played the sitar on Wherever I May Roam. So that's interesting, but apparently that's the case. Huh. I, I like that little vocal wind up too, right before they get into the chorus too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's so fucking cool. We'll be Yeva. And Newstead is credited as doing backup vocals. I didn't I didn't know that. I thought that was just a live. I don't thing. know why they've never I mean, makes sense because he I mean, haven't seen him live a couple times. I mean, he was always doing back he was doing like death backups and shit. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know that that was like a thing on record. So yeah, if you've ever seen the music video to Nothing Else Matters, which just started, you know, you could see it's it's one of James's solos. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Fade to Black. I think he, I think the first solo is James. Oh yeah, there's two solos. Okay, most yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, most of the time when in the on the old stuff, when you had your traditional blues based solo that was a bit slower and more melodic, it was usually James. Interesting. Okay, and then the fucking really fast shit was all Kirk. Like, so you know the story behind how he came up with this song. Was he on the shitter or something? I, I my understanding is was he was on the phone with somebody, maybe his oh, wife yeah, at the oh, time, yeah, yeah. yeah, in a hotel room. And if you know how to play this song, it's all open E. It's the top E string, and then the what is it, the uh, B string or whatever. It's the anyways. It's it's top string, bottom third, bottom second, bottom first, and then in reverse. Well, he was just fucking around on the phone while playing it, and then he. Uh, and then he noticed what he was playing and he hung up. He, he said to the person on the phone, Hey, let me call you back. And he just made a song out of it right there. So I love little things like that. But um, yeah, if you've ever wanted to play guitar, this could be a good first song or first riff to learn because it's literally, you're not holding any frets or anything. It's, it's pretty yeah. straightforward. I, I love stories like that. But going back, so there was five videos for this album. This is the fucking second biggest song according to Spotify and it makes sense. This is the ballad, right? Um, it's behind, the, to me, it's the better ballad. I, I would agree to that. Yeah. I mean, cause that, cause like this song is fucking great, yeah, dude, but, but Unforgiven's like a more typical of a Metallica ballad up to that point. This is like them entering a whole new arena. You know what I mean? Literally. This is different. This is a different level of mellow mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, it's a different level of melody in general. Like, like it's a whole, it's a whole new stratosphere, right? I think that's when like the purists really started freaking out, right? It's had, it had to be like, whoa, what, what are they doing? But I always loved this as a kid. I didn't give a shit about that, you know. Like, and this, this is the one. What are the two that I will still listen to from this album? You know, if I decide to. But um, the vocal harmonies. The sen- have you ever heard this the YouTube thing where somebody did a uh, major key version of this? No, it's a trip, but it works. I don't know if I want to hear that. <laughs> it's it's weird, but it's <laughs> it's it's a trip, but it's kind of cool. Um, everybody go search that. There, YouTube is fun, man. But like, okay, so going back, there was five videos for this album, not in release order, but you know, sequence of album. This would have been the last one. The others would have been Inner Sandman, where we talked about the weird strobes and the old dude. Uh, Sad but true. We but that's no. Sad but true is all studio, right? Uh, Maybe. Um, Sad but true is the one that. Um, 
I don't remember that one. I know wherever I mean Rome was all the tour footage. Yes, exactly. And I mean that goes hand in hand with the lyrics because it's about right. touring and whatnot, right? Unforgiven is again more weird, creepy old men. What's up with the fucking videos? Wayne Isham. Weird. But this one, this one's actually all 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 studio, right? Because they also introduce this is recording studio stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is um they also have Michael Kamen doing the uh orchestra. So it's like a, shit, yeah, right? it's like a lot of footage. Um from the from the movie right okay yeah again which it makes sense you know i i love the look of that movie like from the clips that i've seen that's that's probably yeah, Wayne Isham cool, too man. right it's cool yeah I used, I used to love his fucking videos dude they they had such a look to him i don't know oh no he still does because he did he does well, he he was like the guy that really brought a cinematic level of quality to music videos yeah yeah you know before people started bringing cinematic content to videos right right well, I, was, not, I mean they were doing that before but like not quite i mean it wasn't until like i you know, probably like puff daddy and the family you know when that album came out i mean that was that was when like music videos got very like uh movie-esque with uh hype williams who did end up going on after yeah that, so there was movies. that one there was i think um I think uh, Tupac had a video for, I think it was the one where they're dressed up like Beyond Thunderdome and shit. Yeah, that was that was Hype Williams. That was uh, him um, and um, Dr. Dre, California Love. Oh, here's the here's the heaviest you get in this song, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yep. Like this solo, dude. This is a tear jerker ass solo too, man. Oh. So good, dude. Yeah. So I, I'm tripping out because it turns out the video for this wasn't Wayne Isham. It was somebody named Adam Dubin. Like you could sing this whole fucking solo, but but I mean that's James, dude. Like he's he was a lot more. I mean he's not consider he's not technically not a lead guitar player, even though it's like you know just because you don't doesn't mean you can't. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm bu- I'm bugging out right now. Two of the videos actually weren't from Wayne Isham. And my whole life is a lie. Much more from the heart. He gets down, dude. Like he's feeling it. <laughs> it's I don't know if it's the movie itself or it's some retrospective thing, but you have um Michael Kamen talking about the orchestration when he when he was writing the strings oh, for this. Really? Yeah, it has to be on something else. It might have been for SM, maybe, but it was interesting because he d- talked about not wanting to just follow along the song, what it was already doing. He wanted to like add a layer to it. And so that's why, because I mean, right here where the the strings fade out with the rest of the song, yeah. like it's cool as hell, man. Oh Fucking. yeah, it's 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 nice because it it because it doesn't have the big, you know, reward buildup of you know fade to black and and um, sanitarium, you know, with that big heavier uh, one is another one that has a big heavy outro, you know. It's like this has right. a nice buildup to a nice solo, and then it just brings you right back down yeah for sure you know and to think like that's track eight yeah now we're on what do you think of of wolf of man what do you think of this see this is where the last no these next couple songs next chunk of songs i should say they're just like all right maybe right i mean they're good songs it's just compared to everything else that's come up to this point it's just not as notable right it's a werewolf song that's cool (laughs) this is this is where you get, I mean, this is where you start getting real groovy. Cause I mean, they like, and it's very like a Marth could do this song. 
mm-hmm. and it would be really fucking cool and it would totally work you know what i'm just realizing now too because i think kill em all's nine tracks right maybe ride the lightning's definitely eight puppets is definitely eight yeah justice is definitely nine yeah if you and maybe this just wouldn't fit with commercial standard or they had more they wanted to do or who knows what but if you ended black album after nothing else matters and just kept those eight it would still be like a huge 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 success right everything after huge, this but i would want to swap out don't tread on me with like the god that failed or my friend in misery yeah i'm just saying like because of that and maybe sequence wise it's just that this whole what is it a third yeah the last third of the album kind of gets overlooked here right i think it definitely does and i think it's because nothing else matters is where it is like yeah yeah but you also because this is what i'm talking about with deep cuts right i mean dude there's some fucking banging ass songs on the back half of this album and nothing else matters is one of them yeah yeah but i mean at this third specifically everything everything's solid here and the struggle within are kind of like whatever again again i I love struggle within but this is the one that's kind of like eh. but it's still good it just falls victim to the placement it's it's all sequencing right well this i i think this is a song that i i like but it's it's a more it's kind of a bland song yeah 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 like, i'm not thinking about the parts now like don't tread on me i don't like that climb but this is like like it's cool fucking riff dude you know, no, back to the meaning, back to the meaning of life. Like, it's cool, but the solo's not. It's whatever. Like, again, it's it's more of a... This seems probably more like if there is anything on this album that is filler, this is, like, maybe the only one. Yeah, if you, if you heard this on a B-side or something, just like, oh, here's a track that didn't make the album, you'd be like, okay, I could see that, but this is Right, cool. now, I, they did release Don't Tread on Me, right? As a single? Yeah. Let's find I out. Thought they, I thought they released it as a single pretty late. I could see that. That aside, I think Don't Tread on Me and this are probably the two. Because, I mean, I, th- I think Struggle Within, if it's the one I'm thinking of, I have, haven't heard it in so long. But I would consider these two the filler songs, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, it's all the album cuts or singles, which I thought I they like, had more. I do but. like the fucking, uh, you know, where it dies out and it's got the shit in the background, you know, and Ah, okay. No, no, no. It is a bonus single. Yes, you're right. Don't tread on me. Everything kind of dies yeah. down, you know, and then it builds back up. Shape shift, shape shift. Like I like the die down and the build up, which Bob Rock talks about in the movie. You know, and then they got the little howl. You know, I mean, that's all cool. But again, you break into this fucking kind of just a four on the floor kind of beat with it also it also sounds like an Aussie song kind of you know like yeah just one of those really like well it's about boring or werewolves right songs, so yeah you know, just whatever yeah it's it's fine for what it is but compared to everything else right yeah because I mean you're coming up on the next song and it's just like fucking forget about it dude that's I mean that's you're going back to more of a sinister sound yeah I thought you know, a little bit of a heavier, you know, and I mean, it's just Jason. I thought Jason had songwriting credits on this. I thought, cause he my does. understanding was, well, well, it doesn't, it's, he's not, that's why I'm confused. But like, I, cause I would have thought, oh yeah, the one that starts with the bass, right? Obviously, but eh, whatever. 
It's one of Metallica's first original releases to be tuned a half step down. Yeah. What's interesting. I got to make sense. Because the thing that should not be is that drop D. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we're on to the God that failed, by the way. it up. Yeah, both of these start off with the bass, dude. That's why God that failed starts off. My friend in misery starts. I mean, and they're fucking, dude, like these next two songs are fucking awesome, dude. So as far as... I feel as, like they get massively, massively overlooked, and that sucks because they well, shouldn't be. I feel like they've gotten more recognition with time, though, maybe. It with time. Feeds, it grows. Because I remember it the being a big backups. deal when they finally started playing this and um, My Friend of Misery live. I remember that was like, oh, man, or whatever. And I don't know if that was in the play, you know, the black to front black album shows or whatever but like i remember it making news when they started playing these live finally all i can imagine is jason newstead's uh haircut up to that point right where it's long but the sides are shaved you what they're just thinking about newstead's infamous haircut around this time where it's the it's long but the sides are shaved and he's like he's the one one of the guys that gets away with uh wearing his own band's merch all those oh, he's head designs. because he wasn't he he wasn't a founding member, so he right, gets to yeah. do it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's very there's just certain things I think of when I think this era, and that's one of them. <laughs> and James Hetfield looking like um what is it, the lion from the Wizard of Oz? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, this weird mustache with really. yeah, people forget that that was a lot of that was actually on and justice for all. Mm-hmm. You know, the, a lot of the the stuff I see that people dislike about this era of Metallica, a lot of that's actually on those and Justice for All tours. True. Yeah. You know, I'm like, this was this was long before Black Album, dude. Like, don't blame the Black Album for some of this shit. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, his voice changed on on Injustice for All. I mean, his overall disposition, right? I mean, there's sad stories that go into some of that, but. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, there is a lot of carryover from Justice that gets overlooked, huh? Yeah. This I like right the, here, I by like the, way. the on this song, the like that backbeat, that fucking symbol in that spot. It's just a, you know, a lot of people call that a European fucking thing. Which, I mean, he is, so that makes sense. Well, yeah, technically, yes, it actually is, so. <laughs> just looking through some of the other little fire i mean yeah this here. solo is fucking great dude yeah you know that fucking and then the solo just keeps going yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like well i was like isn't there a little wah section on here that i that it comes up maybe not okay i might be think i'm thinking of a different song okay faith in your eyes Oh, dude. Yeah, so this is one of his angry at religion. Bro- yeah, uh, broken songs. is your promise, betrayal. <laughs> yeah. It's so good, dude. Yeah, man. And that comes from. And I mean, for me, you cannot go wrong with Follow the God that Failed, man. Like, yeah. I mean, I, he's going to get me every time. Yeah, he's talked about his animosity towards religion coming from growing up in a uh, a Christian household and his mom dying and kind of holding resentment stemming from those beliefs or whatever something like that so every one of they come when those lyrics come out they they stand out a little 
there might be another song like this on here. I just can't think of what it is, but this is the one that kind of sticks out the most, right? I don't know what, uh, well, okay, we'll get to that. That's, that's the next song, but cause I feel like <laughs> the God that failed and my friend of misery are very tandem to me. They're Maybe very, the bass, they're very tandem. They're like, I, 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 to me, you can't have one with the, at the other because of the placement, because of the bass element, because of the, um, the tone overall, the, the pacing, like, like I, I, I tend to think of them together rather than alone very much. The fact that again they they got overlooked for so many years and only just now kind of been in recent years. Oh yeah, those songs are kind of cool. Yeah, I think they're like two of the best songs on the album. And just God. how the ends. Yeah, that little outro right there. Yeah. I guess it should be stated the the cleaner tones on here kind of stick out too. That that's cool as oh, hell. Yeah. There's a bit of twang on there. Dude, this fucking bass yeah. intro. Yes. So this is a song that Newstead's cre- uh, credited for. And this that's why I thought the other one was too, because it also starts with bass. But this sounds more like something he would have written on his own, I think, in, in hindsight. Yeah, it was also a bass on its own too. Very dramatic opening. God damn it, dude. Yeah. Dude, that little bat in the background, it, it starts leading in. Mm-hmm. You know, then the drums kick in. Like, it's just a nice buildup. So I'm at the point in my life where I'm not one bassist over the others. I, having said that, I, I love him pretty close to all week equally. Maybe Ron McGovney excluded. I'm sure he would understand. But like, Jason Neustad doesn't get enough love, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like, no, like he never he did. Solid as hell, man. It'd be really hard to. Cliff was very loved. Yeah, and there was a bit more and of, uh, enigma the about dude him. Died. Yeah, and that too. Yeah, lest we forget. It's not um, like he left. He died. Like yeah, it's, yeah. Man, I, I understand it's why. It's hard to replace that. Yeah. For, in in any in any capacity for any band. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Fuck, man. I I understand, but at the same time, I just wish he would have got or Newstead would have got a little more love than you know, he got. The overall melody of this song is is cool and kind of unique amongst the other songs. The vocal play here, I really like. Oh, that's so fucking butter right there, dude. Mm-hmm. God. Damn. It's also the longest song on the album at 648, only four seconds longer than Wherever I May Roam. That's what I'm saying. A lot of these songs go over six minutes. I feel like, yeah, dude, yeah, they're not. It's weird because they're written for singles, but they're not written for singles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, conventional, especially, yeah, especially the way singles were viewed shortly thereafter, right? How fucking long is um, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" by Nirvana? Because that would have been around the same time, right? And that's when shit would have shifted a little. Let me see real quick. Smells like. Just for my own just, curiosity. Just, dude, Lars walking it out and just that guitar hanging. Bana, bana, no bana, shit. Like fucking perfect. Again, that backbeat. You. Yeah, the, the symbol play. So Smells Like Teen Spirits, five minutes. And the single version is only really? trimmed down to 436. So even that yeah. was actually around. Okay, so interesting. We're learning something. Oh, 
my god it's shit i mean this is like one of those things it's like man i wish i wrote this one <laughs> you know yeah no for sure um my friend of misery fucking stupid good dude okay this this part coming up right here with the the fucking right. the volume, knob volume shit. Swells? yeah oh, dude that, that just, was always that cool. bass in the background mm-hmm. it's fucking perfect all right everybody be quiet let's listen <laughs> oh it's even more subtle than i remember oh it's yeah it's very subtle yeah i might actually fucking have to turn it up <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize i had it that low yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Ooh, and that shimmery twangy guitar. Yeah. There's a lot more twang on this than I seem to recall. Not just this song, but this album, apparently. You know what else sounds really good on this album? More so even than like fucking Injustice for All. Maybe maybe one of his best sounds. Oh. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Like with that little fucking octaver or whatever. Yeah. That, yeah. that effect on there. But no, the dude Lars's drums sound awesome on this fucking album. So I think it's one of his better drum sounds. I don't know about like uh-oh. Oh, we're getting into some weedleys. Oh, it skipped. That was weird. Anyways. So I don't know about the I mean, yes, the drums sound awesome, but I don't know about the rest of the drums, but the snare was so popular that it's been sampled by some artists. If you listen to Devin Townsend or uh, Ocean Machine, that was his attempt at making his own black album of sorts. Oh, here's Wah City, dude. <laughs> okay, there it is. There's my Wah. Yeah. Because, I mean, do, have you seen the pictures of that wedding band thing that Robert Trujillo and um, Kirk Hammett do? No. He has a giant ass Wah pedal. I don't know if it functions. I would seriously doubt it. But, like, he stands on a giant wah pedal, like a comically, comedically oversized wah pedal. Like, he leaned into it. He said, fuck it, dude. And I, and I love that. I love Kirk, man. Like, it's, it's Didn't just Doc funny. Did Coyle win some fucking, um, some air guitar wah thing that Kirk Hammett puts on? Something. He's in or that Doc band. lost to some lady or something? He, the, the, it's somebody called Mrs. Smith who plays in a wedding dress or something like that. And it's, Mrs. Smith, Doc, uh, Robert Trujillo, and Kirk, and other people are in this band. It's called the Wedding Band. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was and just I think it's some 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 air guitar competition or some shit. It's probably like, part of that. Like lost to some lady or something. Yeah, it's it's probably part of that. As that whole it thing. Might be. Yeah. So they they like play random weekends, or they did. Like those little fucking. I guess I forgot this part right here. Huh. Yeah, this part doesn't necessarily need to be there. I mean, it's just kind of making it last a little bit longer. But yeah, okay. I mean, it's given a chance for Kirk to just really fucking wail because yeah, he's been true, wailing true, true. for like the last like minute and a half to two minutes. Yeah, I was like, I thought it ended with, it ended with, it ended with the fade out. It does, but now I'm just like, oh yeah, there's a little oh, no, more. No, no, delay. no. Yeah. Okay. There it is. Oh no, no, no! I thought it faded out with like with the bass. I th- but I thought it was just like the chorus again. But so okay, oh, it's been a while since no, I heard no. this. All right, no, it's got the whole back half, man. After those volume swells and the little weedleys, once the fucking w- the initial wah fucking uh, solo comes in, 
I mean, Kirk just starts and he just wails, dude. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because he just fucking plays over top of that whole back part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think this shit kind of reminds me of like military stuff. Yes, and I just yeah. don't really dig that. Well, I, I think struggle with or no um don't tread on me does more probably just because the lyrics but yeah man i mean i think they both do but yeah yeah, true 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 but jason's arguably least favorite on the album my favorite favorite this was another one right up to this point that was a bumper on 105.3 right up to here so when i finally heard this and i heard there was Uh, more to the song i was like holy shit this is that song see i just don't like that rip i like it i like it it reminds me of some like fake this song is the song hear. that fucking this is the song that has like one of my favorite Kirk Hammett solos on it. Yes, yes. And so, they show him doing it on the video on the movie. Yeah. And oh, like yeah? Bob Rock's like, do it again. And so, I mean, it's just him like sitting on this couch, dude, or a chair or whatever. And he's got his headphones on and he's fucking hitting this shit and it's just yeah. like, oh dude, it's fucking sick as fuck, dude. And it's always because of the movie, yeah. It's always been like one of my favorite Kirk Hammett solos. I can't wait to finally I watch that. I like this that. part. Yeah. I like that part. So, I so like what I love riff. about the vert, yeah, the main riff, it sounds like if somebody was tasked with like on SpongeBob or, um, or Rocco's Modern Life, which both of these were instances, it's like, okay, we need like, a, they're going to be like roller skating or rollerblading. So we need like a, a metal song or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, it's an impression of a metal song for a kid's cartoon is kind of why i like it you know what i mean <laughs> oh but, man yeah coming up really quick here when we get into the that's just awesome i love that's probably okay. why i like it as much as i do i like the chorus yeah when, when it opens up like that like yeah it's almost it's, like the chorus is a breakdown yeah there's like a key change like and then it goes back into that weird little, little in there yeah it's awesome and then I'm okay, a sucker for here this every time. The pace. Struggle. Fuck, man. It's just, it's nice and moving for this album. But dude, Kirk is just killing it right now. This, You know why I think I like this one the best? It's because it's, to me, got the most overall fun vibe. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, there we go. Some more wall for you. Keeps going. I thought you thought it was ending with those snares, but it keeps going. Mm-hmm. This shit. There's more key change on here than I realized. Oh, right here. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm a sucker riff. for a go, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> and the riff that follows is just too good. Yeah. And you know what? I love that they don't do what Metallica normally does and they play it forever. Yeah, play, like, that's if, true. If, what was that? Four bars, and then they're out. If that, and it's yeah. right back into the course. I mean, short-ish song, almost the shortest. I, I think it's weird that the two faster songs on there. Well, through the never, but yeah, through the never is one of the other shorter ones. Yeah, this it's is only, only second shortest behind Holier Than Now, which is also right. on the faster side. Yeah, so I mean, I, I do like that about it. You know, like and the, 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 the I don't know. Yeah, I definitely like this song more than Don't Tread on Me. There you go. Same here. <laughs> and then the way it ends, no fade out, just Yep. The bop, album bop. ends on a fucking yep. snare drum. Woo! Fucking A, dude. That was that awesome. was fun. 
Yeah, I can't wait to do more of these. But yeah, that's our first one. Thanks for joining us, folks. Let us know which ones of these you would like to hear. Um, it's been a blast. I uh, Yeah, I, what are some of your essentials, man? Yeah, like, man, hit us up. As long as it's not like, well, I was going to say some like crazy two-disc fucking... <laughs> Hey, if it's essential, it's essential. Yeah, I yeah, would like yeah. to say, though, like, I mean, at least at first, I don't want to get too into um, bands that we haven't done episodes on. True. Yeah, yeah. That That's a good point. Just because that might, you know, that we might be stepping, overlapping too much. So I would like to keep it to bands, at least at, at the start, bands that we've done episodes on. Yeah. Um, we've talked about other Metallica albums. Would you like to let the folks know what other bands we've considered and maybe open up that floor to their oh, bands we've so, done? Uh, to so for this particular episode, I was thinking soil work, maybe anything from predator's portrait to, um, stabbing the, the drama. drama. Yeah. Just because like, I mean, we did the soil work episode and I mean, you could pick almost any one of those. In fact, we'll probably have one of these on every single one of those albums eventually. Yeah. Um, and then also I was thinking of Morbid Angel, either Altars of Madness or I was what I think it was Altars of Madness or Covenant. Um, and then I, another one I had thought of was Judas Priest, you know, Painkiller, Screaming oh, for yeah, Vengeance. Yeah. yeah. The only issue with that was I kind of wanted to start somewhere. Like I've, I've been seeing a lot on Twitter, like, you know, younger people sick of people talking about judas priest oh fuck them so hey i've got the kid hey man i love judas like, priest man people need to get over shit children, dude like fuck no just uh, same here and who tanks for the children fuck them kids <laughs> yeah. i mean we'll get we'll definitely get to uh, like all this stuff man but we're I, you know, my my plan was uh do like one of these per month yeah absolutely um, are you down for that? Like, yeah, we could do that. You know, yeah, that'd be fucking. Seems like I don't want. I don't think we should do it too often, right? But I also felt like we needed to have another type of episode. Yeah, you know? for sure. And definitely something you know, something a little bit shorter too, man. So like, uh, some of our shit's been going pretty long. So yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's about the gist of it, man. Like, so you know, thanks everybody for listening uh yeah follow follow on all the socials yep metalist uh, pod on twitter metalist podcast everywhere else like rate review subscribe tell all your friends yes all that stuff yep let us know which albums you'd like to hear there's a reason you do that stuff and i don't (laughs) (laughs) yeah so hit us up folks hopefully you enjoyed this as much as we did looking forward to doing it again soon we will resume regular scheduled programs soon until then eat your veggies fuck your prayers see you then Later. Good times.